welcome to the Hungry Heart Quest podcast. I am Dawn, your host, and today we are going to address the three most common obstacles or objections I see in patients when it comes to committing to a healthcare plan or even when they've committed in a financial sense but don't want to accept that these are other areas that are just as important. If a patient isn't willing to commit to all three of these areas, a care plan will not be as effective. And after addressing these three objections, I'm going to talk about one way in which you can begin to make each of these areas a little easier, all with a mindset shift from an understanding of scarcity to an embodiment of wealth and abundance. So the three common objections patients run into, at least that I have seen, are the cost and financial investment, the energy or investment of work on their health, and for me, I think the biggest one is the investment of time. It takes time to heal, and healing doesn't always occur in the window a patient wants it to. Many people have experienced the costs of allopathic or Western medicine uh, as we understand it today, so doctors, insurance, hospitals, the list goes on and on, and how sometimes, at least a lot of people have found that looking at alternative wellness modalities, whether it is a naturopathic doctor or traditional Chinese medicine using integrative health coaching, maybe looking into Ayurveda, Western herbalism, homeopathy. These are all often a little more cost effective when you look at price for price for what you're actually getting. I don't want to go too deep into the discussion of the expenses of conventional medicine, especially when you don't have proper insurance, but that's a whole beast that is a pretty sensitive topic for a lot of people because it's something we've all been affected by. And we know that the cost of insurance per month for each of us can be through the roof. And that can be really helpful in the case of emergency medicine. That's where Western medicine is like prime. But when it comes to chronic illness or any sort of deep rooted illness that Western medicine isn't always equipped to handle for a variety of reasons, Sometimes it is more cost-effective to look at these alternative wellness modalities. So allopathic medicine doesn't always cover what you need on that deep level, and doctors have more patients than time, which means that patients don't get the care that will heal their illness at the root. And I don't want to say it's doctors that are the problem with this. It's not at all. It's the system in general (laughs) makes it really challenging. And doctors, in a lot of ways, even if they are paid really well in some instances, they have a huge load of work put on them because the number of people that they are responsible for from the perspective of general care is really high. So your proportion of patients to doctors is outrageous. Think about like if you were teaching kids in a classroom. Usually there is a system that sets up a limit on the number of kids that you work with per adult in order to make that more manageable. And then think about how doctors really, the limit on that might be something they could control if they have a private practice. But when it comes to larger institutions, really, they're responsible for a lot of people. And that means that we don't get the care that we need. They also might not be able to 
go into the type of treatment plan or the techniques and methods in order to implement that treatment plan because they're short on time. They've got to see 30 other patients in that day. That is where health coaching and alternate healing modalities comes in. We are able to take a little more time. We're able to Because of the nature of the integrative approach and the holistic approach, we have to take that time with people. Looking at those alternatives might be worthwhile, not only for cost, but the quality of care that you're receiving. Other ways that you can start to mitigate the cost of like allopathic medicine versus alternative wellness modalities are making sure that you're really doing your research on what your insurance covers when you're looking at your plan towards the end of the year, looking at shifting your insurance for the following year. Now is kind of the end of the time I would suggest starting to do that here in the beginning of December, but it's not too late. But you should really start thinking about that kind of October, November time when you're looking at the end of the year. Other things to look for with health insurance are if there is a health savings account option uh, that can really reduce the cost of your health care if you're able to pay your bills out of that health savings account. Look into community health support programs such as WIC or SNAP, and a lot of times the state will also provide additional help in other areas of your life. So utilizing that resource and really researching what they're able to help you with, whether it's your power bill or your rent, or if it is food and healthcare. It is really important to budget for healthcare costs and build a financial cushion for a potential future of investing in your health. The thing is that we don't just have money to drop all the time. So many of us are working paycheck to paycheck And if we don't have the forethought, the planning to think, oh, you know, like I know that I have X problem in my body and I really want to resolve that, I have to be thinking six months ahead or a year ahead. And sometimes that's really intimidating for people. So I suggest starting just month to month, begin looking at what kind of money you spend, where you spend it, whether it's on strictly food and utilities, or if you have some free money floating around that might be set aside for coffee or entertainment in other ways throughout the month. Things to think about in rebalancing your budget in order to shift some of that money toward potential health care and building that little cushion for your health investment. The next thing I want to talk about with these objections and obstacles to health care and wellness is the effort required for healing. There is a wide misconception that other people heal you, which is not true. Your body has the mechanisms. It holds the reins of the energy and effort that can be directed toward healing. And we often like to think that these practitioners, these doctors that we hire on are the ones who are going to do that work for us. We really provide the guidance and the roadmap for you, but it is you, your body, your mind, your energy that does the healing. We're here to support and educate. We can provide the roadmap, but you do the driving. And that means that you are going to need to put in the work. You might be learning new skills, Uh, You might be picking up new education on supplements, nutrition, diet, exercise. 
but you also might be unlearning a lot of habits and that takes energy too. So unlearning things that no longer serve you, misinformation that you might have been fed when you were younger that maybe is outdated, unlearning these habits and responsibilities that you have been saddled with by family patterns, by any number of experiences throughout your life. And you're going to be building new habits. And those are meant to support you throughout your whole life. The thing about creating these new habits, learning and unlearning, is that you really need an outside perspective for this process. And that's where these practitioners come in. That's where a health coach comes in. Because we are able to help you identify those habits that are holding you back, the things you need to unlearn, and to help create this roadmap, give you direction and strategy in order to build new habits that are going to feed you, support you, nourish you, and then in turn nourish the people around you just by you taking care of yourself. If you want to learn more on this idea of unlearning and reframing these habits, these beliefs, check out our previous episode on the Hungry Heart Quest podcast. It's important to realize that it takes consistent effort and proactive work, and that will lead to resilience and improved results in your efforts in healthcare. So sometimes it takes a lot of time, but there's a little bit of a threshold that comes in where you have been working really hard, you might not be seeing these dramatic improvements, and if you have a good healthcare practitioner or a good health coach, they're going to be helping you see these small little shifts that you might not realize are happening throughout this process and making sure that you feel like you are making progress even if it isn't as dramatic as you might have desired it to be in this short first chunk of time. Then maybe a certain period of time in, for me it was about two months of regular acupuncture. That's where I hit this threshold where I was like, right before it, I I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm seeing these results. I was talking to my acupuncturist at the time and I said, I'm not sure I want to keep coming in because I've been doing this for two months straight, weekly, sometimes twice a week. I'm taking these herbs, I'm doing all of this work, and I just don't know if it's going to make the improvements that I want to see. And then she talked to me, and I'll get into kind of what I learned from her in our next little section here, but a couple weeks later, I started seeing these dramatic improvements, and suddenly the effort that I needed to put in was less. And so in time, with the persistence and dedication to putting that energy in and creating that specific outcome for yourself, you will begin to find it gets easier. I want to emphasize that there is this self-driven commitment to the healing process, and that is required for effective outcome. You have to be willing to really commit that time, that energy, those financial costs in order to see the outcomes that you are dreaming of, right? And there's a difference between just allowing yourself to heal and willing yourself to heal. Both are really good. Both are necessary. 
allowing yourself to heal really opens you to the process. And in a lot of ways, that's what people need to kind of release the control and allow the people on your healthcare team to kind of give you direction to take the reins for a little bit. But when you are in a place where you can invest your time, your energy, your will back into your healing, maybe you've been given that roadmap, it's really important to take this concept of willing yourself to heal because it means you are dedicating that intention, that energy towards that specific outcome, that goal for your health and your body. And when we really put our, our desire, our heart behind this idea of healing and this intention, we are able to better commit to what we want to see our lives look like to create that dream for ourselves in a reality that we can truly experience. Something I want to mention is the phenomena of spontaneous remission. And this is where, for example, somebody has been given a pretty dramatic diagnosis, like possibly something even as dramatic as cancer or not being able to walk again is a good example. And the power of the mind in conjunction with the will of the body to create these spontaneous remissions. So maybe those people have been told you're never going to walk again or you've got two years to live or less. And they throw everything that they are into this healing process because they are willing to do the work to create a better experience for themselves. I actually am hesitant to call it spontaneous because it, in the Western view, your doctor's like, oh, two years ago, you had a really challenging diagnosis. We never thought you'd walk again. We never thought you would live this long. And suddenly you are walking and we don't have an explanation for it. So we call this spontaneous remission. It's like, oh, suddenly it's gone. But that's discounting this power of the mind and the will in conjunction with the will of the body to heal. A resource that you might be interested in checking out further to explore this idea of spontaneous remission is the book You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. A good one to see just how powerful our bodies can be. And I want to really emphasize that it's not just about us sitting here and meditating and thinking that we are healed, we are walking, we are living our best lives. As much as our mind has the power to create those shifts, and that is in a lot of ways where we start those shifts, it still requires this embodied experience. We have to do the physical work. We have to take care of our bodies. We have to put effort into physical healing as well as using the power of our mind in order to create the experience that we want to experience. The final obstacle that I think people really find to be the hardest one because it's not one that they see coming. It's not one that we can see the end of the tunnel is the understanding that time is a factor in healing. A lot of times when we're working with clients through the clinic and the clients in health coaching, one of the questions we ask on the intake process is, what is a realistic time frame for you? 
how long do you imagine this taking in order to find a reasonable amount of success in this healing process? And sometimes it's three months. Sometimes it's years. Sometimes someone says, I have no idea, but I'm going to keep working at it until it is better, even if it takes years and years. Because of the culture that we are ingrained in at this point in society, in our lives, (laughs) we've been conditioned to expect this instant fix. And that's just not how it works. (laughs) And not just in healing, that's not how it works in so many aspects of life. Even if you're taking your car in to get fixed, it's going to take some time. If you're rebuilding a house, it's going to take time and effort and energy and work and money. There's so much that goes into this. So it is unrealistic to expect your body to heal instantly or to expect of a practitioner to have an instant solution. Not to mention that a lot of times, for example, in dieting, we see that these quick fixes, these fad diets, don't actually create lasting, sustainable change. They kind of have this rubber band effect where you're working really hard, you're committing to this diet, you're making all of these changes in your life, and then you might see some success. Or maybe you don't, but you're working so hard that you end up slipping or stopping your diet anyway, and you slide right back to the beginning. The idea of this holistic and integrative approach that I take with health coaching is that we are working to create habits and healthy lifestyle that supports you for the rest of your life. That isn't something that's just going to fix this one issue. It's going to help you in many, many areas. Back to the thing that I heard from my acupuncturist two months in when I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should keep doing this. I'm not getting better. Her name is Allie. And she said, you've been sick for years. It might take your body some time because we heal at the speed of nature. That's honestly what got me to commit those extra couple of weeks until I found that threshold where my body started to get better. This idea that... The longer that we've been sick, the longer it might take for us to heal. It's really hard to hear that sometimes. We want this instant solution. We've been suffering with this for so long, we want it to be over and done with. And now we've committed, we've said, okay, I've committed to making this change, to I've made it to the doctor, I finally made it here, because that's all I have left to give and I need a solution now. But there are no solutions, there are only trade-offs, and we heal at the speed of nature. And hopefully, that means that you start working on your healing now. Because if you've been sick for two months, you're likely to get better a lot faster than if you wait for three years to go by for you to become more and more ill and then be on your last straw, not have the resilience in you to bounce back from that healing with the support of a practitioner in a reasonable short period of time. 
if you begin your approach to healing at a sooner date when your illness is not as deeply rooted, it means that you're going to have more energy to put toward healing. You're more resilient because you haven't been dealing with this illness for so long. You're also going to have lower costs of healthcare because you're not so deep in the deep end that you have to dish out thousands of dollars in order to find what is wrong at the core, to take the supplements, to buy the tests in order to identify the best path out of this hole you've dug for yourself. It's going to take less time because you're not so deep. If you start early on your healthcare journey, you're going to have a lot faster response time and find yourself in health and wellness rather than in a state of healing. Healing takes time, but good health is the work of a lifetime. And if your healing process, if all of the work that you've done in order to get to where you are now was done well, it will mean that you have developed healthy habits to support you for the rest of your life. You'll have generated an education for yourself on how your body responds, how to listen to your body, and know how to take steps on your own, or at least have the resources created around you in order to fall back into wellness, into health. Like I said, these healing processes if done right, can set us up for health and wellness for the rest of our lives. Do you feel like you have that with your current practitioner, your doctor, whoever is in your healthcare team? Are they doing the work? Are they helping you to create habits that are going to support you for the rest of your life? Or are they just saying, here, take this medication cut this out of your diet, walk 30 minutes a day, are those things going to help you create the shifts in your life that you want to see in order to play with your kids on a nightly basis when they come home and they're so excited to see you? Are you going to be able to go for a hike when you're 70 with your life partner? and enjoy being out there and being able to take in the beauty of the world? <laughs> or are these solutions that are being proposed for you only a short-term answer? Do they get to the root of the problem? Are they helping you educate yourself to be empowered, to have self-efficacy? Or are they just sending you away with whatever they can come up with based on the time they have to teach you and the time they have put into researching what really is affecting you. These are all really important questions to consider when you are looking at where you're investing your time, your energy, your money in your health. And if it's something you haven't considered, I urge you to start now. All of these areas, the time, the energy, the financial investment, all of these pose 
difficult challenges to health and healing for so many people. And the way in which individuals might address and overcome them are many. But if I had one suggestion on where to start and throw back again, we start at the beginning or we begin at the beginning. My suggestion would be this. Embrace an abundance mindset over this sense of scarcity. When we are in a state of scarcity or an understanding of scarcity, we are constantly in a sympathetic nervous state. We're stressed. We are operating from a place of fear, of anxiety, rather than joy, abundance, thriving relationship, because we are stuck in this pattern that doesn't serve us. So embrace this idea of abundance, of wealth, in many ways, not just financially, rather than sinking into this fear, this anxiety, induced by a mindset of scarcity. This idea that we can embrace an abundance mindset over scarcity, it means that we need to look at wealth beyond something that is just our finances. So when we sit in a scarcity mindset, we're operating from a place of fear, anxiety, stress. And that scarcity means that we can be closed down for many people. We might notice an altering in the nature of our relationships to fun, joy, our commitment to living a fulfilled life, and even our closeness to friends and loved ones. So the scarcity mindset really is impactful on our health when we're stressed, when we're operating from a place of fear. Not only does it change the nature of our relationships to our emotions, to our loved ones, but it also inhibits healing because we are in a state of anxiety, of stress. Our healing is more like triage, like emergency medical healing in the field. But if you can shift back into a state of parasympathetic nervous system operation, then our body is resting, restoring, and relaxing. And all of those aspects of our being, of operating, aid in healing because it means that we can actually heal the deeper issues in our bodies rather than just throwing a band-aid on the most acute symptoms that we're experiencing right now. If we begin cultivating a mindset that acknowledges resources beyond monetary wealth, such as community support, skills from friends, local resources, you know, then we're choosing to see the world as full of wealth because that wealth stems from many, many resources around you. And you're finding yourself in just this garden of abundance rather than relying solely on one or two areas to support you in life. What if, rather than looking at wealth as financial, looking at it as a number on a browser that is showing you your bank account statement or your trending line of what your financial investments might be, what if we look at wealth as stemming from many resources, like a garden? something that you are putting some work into, but ultimately it's providing you food. 
but gardening can be a great way to decompress. So it's not only providing you food, but it's providing you stress management. Or if you are looking at community resources like any sort of community health or the food bank, community education, these are all areas that feed into a sense of wealth and abundance because they are providing resources for you that cross apply in many areas of your life, whether it's education, food for you and your family, which then translates into your health, into your ability to make educated decisions about how you want to approach your health. You can also think about your family relationships, your relationships with friends, not only as maybe support for childcare, but also a lot of these friends, these family members have skills that you might need in your life, whether it is fixing a broken sink or tech troubleshooting your internet, whatever it might be, these friends, these family members could have skills that you need and they're maybe willing to teach you so that you can learn them for yourself and that will be another resource that you aren't relying on others or an outside uncontrollable source to generate in your life. A resource that I would like to mention especially because it's one of my favorites and it's something that has benefited me in so many ways throughout my life is your local library. So little shout out to the Bozeman Public Library who have been so supportive in my life in many ways and supportive to a community. Obviously they provide books and reading material for education cookbooks for new recipes, plant identification books, stories and narratives on people's experiences of their own journey through education, through wellness, whatever it might be. But they also provide education online, partnering with other organizations in order to widen this network of resources that you might have at your disposal for nothing but a library card. Start thinking about all of these areas that feed you, both physically and metaphysically, the relationships in your life, the beauty of the natural world, the organizations that provide public service, and the hobbies and habits that you have that end up helping you in more ways than one. These are all ways that we can start to think about the world from a mindset of abundance rather than scarcity. I think this idea is particularly appropriate at this time of year here in December because we're going into holiday season. We've just finished up Thanksgiving where we are told to be grateful <laughs> and we're heading into a season of blessings. And I do want to say that a lot of times this kind of idea of counting our blessings is implied to also say you have more than you deserve. And not everybody will agree with me on that. A lot of times it's just who's telling you in that moment what tone they're using. But if we can look at all of these things around us and say, oh, I have so much feeding me. I have so many good things in my life. We're counting our blessings in a way that doesn't pose judgment on ourselves or others. It is pure gratitude and that is kind of that allowing 
Now, what if we shift into making an effort to see all of the beautiful resources that we have around us that support us in ways that we don't always give due credit? What if we look at our family and say, wow, they're not just providing me somebody to call every once in a while when I'm stressed out, but they're here to support me in childcare. They're providing positive cheer around the holiday season. And this family doesn't have to be your blood relations. It can be anybody, your chosen family. There are lots of ways that we can begin to look at our lives with a sense of abundance rather than scarcity. And when we foster this, we practice this because it does take practice. We are then able to move into a place where that commitment of time, of energy, of finances means something different because the emphasis on our priority for health and wellness means something different for us. It is not only a blessing, but it is also a resource. Not everybody thinks of their health as a resource, but it is absolutely a resource. And unless you are replenishing that resource, then you can become diminished. You're unable to show up in relationship. You don't have the energy to put into healing, to put into learning something new, into supporting others that need it, into supporting It is critical that we consider our health as a resource worth investing in and worth drawing from. Thank you for joining me. I know that we have covered a lot in today's podcast episode between the costs of allopathic medicine versus looking at alternative wellness modalities, acknowledging that healing requires effort, and understanding that time is a factor in healing And if we can shift into understanding that we live a life of abundance by drawing on resources other than financial wealth, we can move out of a place of scarcity and into a place of wealth and abundance, understanding our health as a resource that we can draw from as well as invest in. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if something in this episode inspired you. My role is to help you make these shifts in a way unique to your lifestyle and goals that are integratable into your unique habits, your unique needs. Don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find Hungry Heart Quests on Instagram or through our website at www.hungryheartquests.com. Connected by nature, united we flourish. Till next time. Thank you.